Well, Happy New Year to everybody, if I haven't wished you one already. Um, it's a great way to start the new year, to have look into the Word of God. And um, the title of my message tonight is called Love the Truth. And um, when I was reading, you know, I've been doing what T.L. Osborne recommended, which is to read my Bible in Spanish and French and then in English, one chapter a day. So that's what I've been doing. And uh, it really helps because sometimes when you read your Bible in a different translation, something suddenly sticks out to you in a way it wouldn't if you were just reading um, the same old version that you always read. And a verse really struck me from 2 Thessalonians. So let's turn to that. And this is my recommendation for the rest of the year that you love the truth. And if you do that, you can't go wrong anywhere or anyhow. So 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. It's before Timothy and after Colossians. Paul's talking in this um, chapter about people who um, go wrong um, and uh, about how they, um, Satan is, is at work under, every, under everything. But in verse 10, I just want to read one little phrase there in the last part of the verse. He's talking about people who've gone wrong, and he says, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Well, what struck me about that was not the negative about it, but the positive was that if you do receive the love of the truth, you will get saved. And also, that it is possible to receive the love of the truth. So that anyone who is in doubt as to whether they are saved or is in doubt as to whether they know Jesus Christ in the reality that they should know him, one very definite prerequisite is that they love truth. Well, nobody when they first come face to face with truth, loves truth, because truth shows, up, shows you up for what you are. And the Bible says that man hides and doesn't like being shown the truth. And Jesus said that very clearly. He said that man hides from truth, he doesn't like the light, and he doesn't like to have his deeds reproved, because the light shows what his deeds are all about. And, um, but what really struck me was that it is possible for everyone to receive the love of the truth. And there is no one who can make an excuse in this world saying, I can't receive the love of the truth. Because you can, the Bible says you can. If it's possible not to receive, it's possible to receive it. And the love of the truth will bring about salvation. There is no doubt about it. Um, when I got saved, the thing that uh, happened to me was that I was so blind 
With re blinded by religion, I thought I was a good person, a nice person, and God was favoured to have me on board as a Christian, in inverted commas, and that um, I was doing him a favour to believe in him. And I, my mind was completely blinded as to the truth about myself. And it wasn't until um, I had a vision of, uh, I was in a meeting and uh, the preacher was talking about as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God began to speak to me and show me what I was like. And the next thing this preacher said was, uh, there are people in this church, uh, this church is like a darkened glass and there are black spots on the glass. And God said to me, for the first time in my life, he spoke to me. He said, you're one of those black spots. Why, well, I was so shocked. I thought, me? A black spot in the church? That's terrible. How could I be like that? Um, and then I had a vision of hell. And... I heard the screams, it was so real, I could see the smoke, I could smell the smoke, I could see people falling and the flames, falling into the flames of hell, I could hear the screams, and then all of a sudden I felt myself falling in. And at that point, I, I yelled at the top of my voice and said, Lord Jesus, save me! And the vision went, and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Well, I went up to the preacher afterwards, and I said, what was all that about? So he said, well, I've got two words for you from God. I said, what, what are they? He said, humble yourself. I looked at him. I didn't know what he meant, but I didn't dare ask, because I thought he might give me a mouthful. <laughs> I was scared of him. So I thought, when I got home after the meeting, I thought, what shall I do? There's no one to ask. Perhaps I better ask God. So I knelt down by my bed and I asked God. I said, what does it mean, humble yourself? And it was as though he showed me my life like a book. And he showed me the motives for what I did, why I did things. He showed me my inward parts, as the Bible calls them. And he showed me why I did things, what was really the deep down motivation of my heart. And when I accepted the truth of what God said about me, then my whole life changed completely and utterly. I was filled with the Holy Ghost, his love flooded me over and over again. I began to speak in tongues and my whole life changed. I knew at that moment that God was my father and I was his child. And that relationship we have had ever since. And that was in 1970. And, it was, and it's never changed. It's been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But I had to come to a place where I loved truth more than I loved the image that I had of myself. The image that I had of myself was of a good person, someone who was doing God a favor, someone who thought that her good works 
somehow earned her brownie points with God. Someone who despised those who were not educated because they couldn't preach, uh, because only educated people could preach in a sermon. I don't know why I thought that, but that's what I thought. Education had been the God with our family, and so it was all interlaced with that. I did social work, but I didn't do social work to help people. I realized I did social work to make me feel good. So all those things God showed me in that time, and when I accepted God's opinion of me, and I accepted and I loved the truth, then my whole life changed. And we have to come to a place where we love the truth. The truth is not threatening. The truth is a person, Jesus Christ, who died for you, who gave his life for you, who bled for you, who took all that suffering on Calvary for you. The truth is not frightening. The truth is not something to be feared. The truth is something to be embraced because the truth is a person, Jesus Christ. And when we accept his opinion of ourselves, then we come to a place where our whole life can change. When Jesus met, when the Canaanite woman came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 15, let's look at that. And she had a real problem. Her daughter, in verse 22, her daughter was grievously vexed with a devil. And uh, she was crying out after Jesus and his disciples, trying to get them to do something, come to get Jesus to do something about it. But Jesus totally ignored her. And um, you would think, from what the Bible describes as to what he did, he was really very rude to her. And um, the more she cried, the more the disciples said, get rid of her, she's bad for business. She's, she's a pain. Listen to what she's saying. And uh, she really is making us a spectacle and she's just a nuisance. And then Jesus told her that he hadn't come for, her, for people like her. He'd only come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She was a Canaanite. That's that. Too bad. Well, she would have probably, she didn't go away at that. She didn't get put off by that. And in verse 25, it says, Then she came and she worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. So that he called her a dog next. She still wasn't put off. But that was what Jesus wanted her to understand. The Canaanites despised the Jews. They had a terrible attitude towards the Jews. I mean, the Jews had a terrible attitude towards the Canaanites. But Jesus wanted her to come to a place of truth. And she, she would have called the Jews dogs. So he was just showing her what she was like. She was like a dog. 
And when she finally came to this place where she realized what Jesus said was true, after he called her a dog, she said, Yea, truth, Lord, truth, Lord. That's where her salvation came. Truth, Lord. She accepted what Jesus said about her. She accepted God's opinion of her. She embraced the truth. She loved the truth. It's something that you don't have when you're not a Christian. It's something that you don't have until that moment when Jesus Christ enters into your life. You don't love truth up to that point. You don't love being showed for, up for what you are. You hate it. Men fear that. But at that point in time, when you're, no, when you're coming to a point of salvation, you start to love truth and see that truth is wonderful. Truth is a person, Jesus Christ. Truth is something that really does set you free. So Jesus' opinion of this woman was, you're a dog. It's, only, it's not fit to cast even a crumb of healing to you. And she has a very quick answer. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs can gather up the crumbs. Can't, you can't, Jesus said, you can't have the bread, but she said, yes, Lord, but I can have the crumbs. I can have the crumbs. And when she said to Jesus truth, everything changed for her. And Jesus said in verse 28, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And that woman went away not only with her daughter healed, but her own life changed and transformed. Jesus wasn't satisfied in just letting her go away with her daughter healed. He wanted something of eternal value in her life. Because what is the point of getting healed and then going to hell? He wanted both for that woman. He wanted the wonderful salvation that comes through him, through the death on the cross, and also the healing that comes through his death on the cross. But that woman had to come to a place where she embraced truth, where she no longer found truth threatening, she loved truth. She received the love of the truth and therefore she got saved. And each one of us needs to realize that truth is not something to be feared and hated. It's something to be loved and received and embraced and realize that it's not threatening, it's not demeaning, but it's wonderfully liberating, wonderfully liberating, wonderfully setting free, wonderfully opening up all the vistas of a life, of God, life filled with the love of God, of a life set out in adventure with God as your Father, with everything the right way up instead of upside down, where your whole life has a purpose and a meaning, where you know why you were born, where you know why you're here, where you know what God wants to do 
in your life and what God wants to do with your life. It's just wonderful. But we fear truth. And what I'm trying to say to you is, it's, this isn't something that just happens once in your life. Because we need to embrace truth throughout our lives. Once we become a Christian, there are times when we get messed up and we forget, and we forget to look into the perfect law of liberty, and we start going wrong again. And then we have to come back and embrace truth again. Embrace what God's opinion is of us again. I've just been studying a little bit about um, all the other religions for one of the courses I've had to do with ORU. And um, one of the interesting things about that, the uh, study I've been doing, is that no other religion except Christianity says there is absolutely nothing you can do towards your salvation. Every other religion thinks that there's something that you have to do to, towards your salvation. Either you can add a bit to what God is do for whatever deity they worship is doing, or you have to do the whole lot on your own and just kind of blindly follow whoever it was, the guru or the teacher, and somewhere, somehow, they'll get you there. But they're not quite sure where there is. And anyway, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But Christianity is the only religion where nobody can do anything to earn their salvation. And in the same way, throughout our lives, there is nothing that we can do to earn the salvation of God. And yet Paul wrote to the Galatians, and he, he said, Who hath bewitched you that you so easily get taken away from the truth of the fact that Jesus Christ has done it all. He has done everything. And there is nothing that we can do to add to his salvation. And many times in our lives we, we miss that again. And we forget. And we have to come back to the love of the truth. The truth that it is just such a wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. With God as our Father. And that he has done everything. And there is the nothing that we can add to our salvation. Let's look in another example in uh, John chapter 4. This was another woman that Jesus met. This time he treated her a little bit differently. This was the woman at the well. And she's surprised to find him sitting there by the well and um, can't quite work out why he can't get water. And uh, when, he te when she says um, in verse 11, uh, no, sorry, verse 9, she's a woman of Samaria. They, again, they were, like, they were anathema to the Jews. And Jesus asks her to get him a drink of water from the well. 
And she's surprised. She says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me a drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And finally, in verse 15, the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. And the woman said, answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband. In that saidst thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Jesus de um, deals with the whole situation with her by, by coming up straight up front with what's wrong within her life. He intrigues her first by offering her living water. She's, her curiosity is really aroused. She really would like that living water if it meant that she didn't have to come back to the well again and draw water all the time. And then Jesus gets to the heart of the matter. And he says to her, uh, go and find your husband. Go and fetch your husband. And uh, she answers truthfully. She suddenly has the ability to say the truth. She suddenly receives the love of the truth. And she can say to Jesus truthfully, I, ca I, can't, I can't do that. I have no husband. And Jesus said, that's the truth and more of it. You've had five and the one that you're living with now is not your husband. She would have been a real outcast in that society. But this is what Jesus said to her. All of a sudden she received that love of the truth. And she said, Lord, I don't have a husband. She didn't try and pretend anymore. She didn't try and carry on a conversation with Jesus about well, give me water, that, that means that I don't have to come along to this well anymore. Suddenly, she received the love of the truth. And she couldn't put up barriers anymore. She couldn't put up a facade anymore. She had to say, I haven't got a husband. I have to speak the truth to you, Jesus. I have to say, the way, say it the way it is. And when she did that, she received faith into her heart. Because she said that of a truth that Jesus was a prophet. And the word of knowledge that Jesus had completely changed her life. Sir, she said on verse 19, I perceive that thou art a prophet.
And then Jesus is able to talk to her about truth. Because suddenly she understands what truth does. Truth liberates her to tell about her true state. Truth opens her spiritual eyes. Truth opens her understanding. Truth does wonders for her. And all of a sudden Jesus is able to talk to her about truth. And he says in verse 21, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. No one can come to Jesus except they come to that place where they embrace the truth. And the truth is the person, Jesus Christ. But when you come face to face with him, you have to come to the truth about yourself. You have to come to a place where you're willing to embrace the truth of what God says about you. And once you're there, you wonder, once you've accepted it, you wonder why you took so long to hide it. Why it took so long to see it. Why you had such a facade up in order not to get, allow the truth to get into your heart. Because when the truth sets you free, it is fantastic. The whole burden of the facade falls down. You don't have to think about keeping that facade up. You don't have to think about adding lie upon lie upon lie upon lie to keep the facade going. Because so many people build their lives on a lie. And when truth, truth is there in the inward parts, then you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to build lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. And when you're a liar, you have to have a very good memory, because otherwise you forget what you lied about in the first place. <laughs> but truth, well, if you walk in truth, live in truth. Truth's so wonderful. Truth is so liberating. Truth is such a wonderful peace of mind. Because you don't have to worry. You don't have to think, well, what did I say about so-and-so? Because out of your mouth comes truth. And truth is a wonderful thing. Truth is something to be embraced. Truth is something to love. The love of the truth. And when she accepted Jesus' word about her, a whole town got changed and came to know, got salvation as well. Let's look in... Um, 
verse 28. The disciples had come back and were amazed to see Jesus talking to this woman. Uh, in verse 27, and upon this came his disciples and, dis and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? I bet they wanted to. <laughs> but they daren't. <laughs> and uh, so she went off to, to find... So in verse 28, the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. And uh, we go, and then we go to the rest of the result of them. Um, in verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Saviour of the world. So the word of truth that entered into her heart and she accepted, she, when she embraced the love of the truth and accepted what Jesus' opinion of her was, and which was absolutely true, and said, Lord, I have no husband. That word liberated her so much that she was able to go and tell everybody, this man told me all about myself. And that was the thing that so thrilled her. She no longer was ashamed of the fact that she had no husband. She was thrilled that Jesus had told her. She was thrilled that this was liberation. She was so delighted that she told everybody she saw, that man told me all that I ever did. And that's what happens when truth <coughs> comes into a heart. It so thrills the person, so liberates them, so sets them free. They don't care anymore what people think of them. They care only that they're set free by the truth. And they don't mind telling people what their life was like. They don't mind telling people what God showed them about themselves because they know that it's something that will liberate others. And these men said, because of your words, we believe on him. And then when they heard Jesus, they said, it's not only your words that have done it, it's the words of Jesus. And many more believed. So don't fear truth. David, after he'd sinned with Bathsheba, let's look at that in um, Psalm 51. And verse 6, his prayer to God, his, first, no, let's look at verse 4. 
Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Basically, that's what God's after. Truth in the inward parts. Because we can put a big facade on the outside. We can pretend that to ourselves and to the rest of the world that we're one thing on the outside. But the Bible says there's something very different going on on the inside. And it's when the inside and the outside match up that you have a person of integrity. But when you don't have the inside and the outside matching up, you have a liar. Someone who can't live in truth. The outside is a big, big facade. A big game. Keeping people out there keeping God out there, never really being yourself, pushing people away, pushing God away. But God says, and David realized when he'd sinned, you desire truth in the inward parts. What I am on the inside has to match up with what I am on the outside. The walk has to match the talk. Huh? Integrity. The walk has to match the talk. And we can't do that by ourselves. We cannot make the inside match up with the outside. We can make a big building on the outside and we can paint it ever so nicely, but whenever something goes wrong, some cracks appear, and the paint starts chipping off. And when, we, when you see a person in a situation where things are going wrong, you soon see what manner of spirit they're of. Whew, it comes out. <laughs> so we have to quickly paint this facade again. Quick, quick, quick cover up the cracks. But it never, never works until truth is in the inward parts and the outside matches up with the inside. And that's what God wants. Let's look at John chapter 3. is the famous chapter in which Jesus explains to Nicodemus 
about how to be born again. And verse 19, let's look at verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world and that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The inside doesn't match up with the outside. Their deeds are evil. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the heart proceedeth all manner of evil things. That's what the Bible says. On the inside, what really goes on is what we really are. That's what we are. We might put a big facade on it, but what goes on on the inside is what we really are. And so men hide and don't like the truth because their deeds are evil. And everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. When we come to that moment of embracing truth, of loving truth, and that's something that we can receive from God, that God will give us, that is a free gift from Him. And that moment when we receive that gift from Him of loving the truth, embracing the truth, then our salvation is assured. Because we've come to the place where we will accept God's opinion of ourselves. We come to the place where the inside is revealed. Where what goes on in the inside is revealed. Where, as it puts it here, his deeds may be made manifest. Everything's shown up for what it is. But instead of that finding that frightening, that is something wonderful. Once you know what God thinks of you, who cares what anybody else thinks? <laughs> There's no longer, you don't have to make a big facade. You don't have to build up that big picture of yourself for everybody to see because you know that God, what God thinks of you and who cares what anyone else thinks. I don't have to keep the facade going. I can drop the facade. I can be me. And God loves me for me. And God loves you for you. Not the facade. Not what you think he would like, but you. He loves you. And the person he wants to see most of all is you. He died for you. Not the person sitting next to you. Not the person behind you. Not your husband or your wife, your best friend. He died for you. And he loves you. But he wants you to be you. He doesn't love you because you're someone else. He doesn't love the facade. He loves you. He really does. He loves you. And he died for you. 
So let's start this year embracing the truth. The truth is a person, Jesus Christ. Let's start this year looking back at that verse in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 10. Only reading it as a positive and not a negative. They received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And the positive is they received the love of the truth that they might be saved. And anyone, anyone who is willing to receive the love of the truth automatically will be saved. So embrace truth for the year 2002. Truth is so liberating. Truth is so wonderful. Truth is the person of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing more wonderful than living your life in fellowship with him and with the Father. It's just wonderful. I wouldn't change it for anything. And I would never have if I could possibly help it, anything come between me and the truth that God knows about me and the truth that I know about him. It's wonderful. I don't have to be anyone else. I enjoy being me. And I love being me. Because God loves me as I am. And I don't have to pretend to be anyone else. He loves me because I'm me. But that's because I've embraced the truth. I love the truth about myself. And once I loved the truth about myself and all that God showed me, my whole life changed. I pray that that will be the same for you and that you will continue to love the truth more and more and more and more throughout this year. God bless you all.